Yeah, like, there are definitely beliefs in, like, aliens and shit like that involved in it, but, like, you can't read any of that in their Falun Gong, like, European or English-like versions. It's only in, like, the original Chinese version of their Falun Gong books. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, It's like their Q. Yeah, like, Adrian Zen's, like, that's Falun Gong. You're gonna have to look into that. Oh, those Shen Yun shows that you see everywhere? Like, that's yeah. Falun Gong. I heard that. It is, yeah. I remember hearing that somewhere. I forgot all about that. What is it? Isn't it, like, a, just a dance show or something? Yeah, it's a dance show with, like, a lot of, like, Falun Gong overtones. Like, it's, like, a artistic dance show that tells the story of Falun Gong, kind of. <laughs> but not, like, too far out there. So it's, like, Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what the, the Epoch Times, that website that's like... Yes, they are owned by Falun Gong. of advertising on YouTube is from the Epoch Times. And it's just a far-right website. It was really big into Trump the whole time he was in office. I think they even pushed some Q stuff, but it's just run by the Falun Gong. And it's yep. very anti-China, very anti-communist. And it's a huge source for all of that stuff that people just repeat mindlessly. Yeah. I've got their ads before. I got so used to you in the Reagan is Satan t-shirt. <laughs> right, I just wear it every day. You know, I pretty much wear it every day because I'm so disappointed. One day I went to get hot wings, and uh, as I'm standing there in line to get hot wings, the guy, you know, who's picking up an order walks up in front of me, and the back of his shirt is a fucking Reagan shirt, and it's like this super throwback, like uh, a cigarette ad. I mean, it would... It was so cool. Like, it's like this old school Reagan ad. He's smoking a pack of cigarettes. It's a young Reagan. It's like advertising some brand of cigarettes I've never heard. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I look in his truck. He's running for some local office. He's some like uh, conservative running for local office. And I'm like, oh my God. And I look down and realize I'm not wearing my shirt. And I was like, what a sick photo op would that have been? like, hey, dog, we both got a Reagan shirt. Look at mine. And he's like, what the fuck? Hey, bro, you want to come? my house real quick like <laughs> i got i got a shirt you'll like <laughs> i have to go on craigslist the missed opportunities and i know the cigarette ad you're referencing oh yeah <laughs> he was like a commercial actor yeah so exactly he, he did book a few different commercial spots and one of them was that yeah. cigarette ad i think it was on a horse or something something like that yeah it was something like that. yeah what's more manly than riding a horse smoking a cigarette <laughs> lung cancer yeah, yeah, lung cancer is super Dying masculine. Dying from <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of like the bumper stickers you'll see on cars where they're like, uh, "Real man drives this truck, no seatbelts allowed." And like, so yeah. it, it's like feminine to live. <sighs> Only real, shit. real dudes get ejected from their vehicle when they get into a fender bender. <laughs> right. Yeah. All real men are disabled. So true. (laughs) Mentally, (laughs) mentally, probably. (laughs) Yeah, Bill Bill Burr had like a stand-up bit on that, like how toxic fucking men are to each other, and it's like, yeah, and we wonder why men just fucking fall out of nowhere at fifty years old, (laughs) like from heart attacks. It's just from like fifty years of just like can't touch a puppy, can't say that kids are cute, just shoving all this shit down inside, like, can't use an umbrella when it's raining, like... I bet you won't eat that jalapeno. <laughs> yeah, shit like that. I've wondered that a lot. Like, do, do men actually live shorter than women, or 
are they just like really like repressed and unhealthy and just fucking their you know their bodies like you know what i'm over it yeah even if statistically on average they live about the same i guarantee you the statistic for how many men die stupidly is far greater than women's that's what it is it's the guys who die young doing stupid shit that brings down the whole average remember when i was 16 and ate the carolina reaper and thought that that was nah. the end. There was just no more reading Hegel for me. <laughs> you had to pick. You had to pick between Hegel or internet challenges. <laughs> I was That's over here smoking out of like highlighters and apples. I was hiding joints in highlighters and smoking out of apples. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shit, it's different. <laughs> Meanwhile, my ass is getting expelled because I just walk on campus with a fifth of vodka. Like he, my principal will never believe it's real, <laughs> but he could smell it. I mean, so I got expelled. <laughs> so that was what the water bottles were for. Just throw vodka in a water bottle. Call yeah, it I, good. I did that, but that particular day, I was really drunk from the night before. Like we didn't stop drinking. <laughs> Obviously, I was like, I was like oh, "I'm just gonna take it out there. We'll kill it before class starts, and everyone will just think we're being edgy." But no, uh, principal could smell it from. <laughs> okay, so this is high school. Yeah, this was high school. I was God in damn, the cor- I'm in the courtyard. You know, I'm I'm outside just like standing on the statue and the principal's kind of walking up the courtyard and I kind of tip it up and I'm just laughing and I'm like, "Come on, man. You don't think I'm that stupid, do you?" And he goes, "Come on, man. I can smell it." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh shit. Okay." <laughs> so, well, I guess the jig's up. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he physically drove me to another school and had me signed up. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We want you out of here badly. He's like, I'm I'm physically taking you to another school. Immediately got a second chance. I was totally fine until I called my Latin teacher a fascist. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Like, were they though? Yeah, she was. Yeah, see, well, there you go. I was was that cool, man. I I got kicked out of the second school too, but you know. Was it I, was awesome. for a bit of I was like honor kid, like known to be nerdy academic, was in like AP classes and then called the Latin teacher fascist. That was it. It was a yeah, quick yeah. ride, <laughs> quick ride down. Jesus. It's always the Latin teacher. <laughs> Either the, the Latin teacher. or German. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak. Uh, all right, let me uh, learn in German. So. Sorry. I'll knock out the intro and then we can uh, just kind of mosey along with it. My Hello and welcome to dead. Polls of the Round Table, where we sit down and have a few drinks and talk about this history. Thanks as always to our sponsor, Xi Jinping. <laughs> oh. Sorry, what, Jamie? Do you have like your own like recording like shed like out back or something? Yes. Oh no, I'm just in my uh, my bedroom. It just looks like a shed because I'm bu- I'm not bougie. <laughs> That's I like the trim. I just no, I, I, like, I thought you had like an external building. I was like, how did you get? Did you I get used to record in my car. I mean, up until I finished this room, I was recording in my car like every time. That's good sound though. It was. It was. No. <laughs> Terrible sound. And with the but, computer on the dash, every once an episode, it just comes crashing down. Although honestly, storing storing beer in the snow outside—that's a convenient move. Yeah, was convenient. yeah that was the best. That's pretty that, funny. Like the, the headphones zipper run. 
Yeah. Done, dude. dude our Every, first couple episodes oh, yeah. we kept having that clicking and i'm like what is it and we finally realized oh. it's the damn mic on his headphones was hitting his zipper over and over and over yeah every yeah. jesus is white and somehow for some reason has sex appeal while being crucified on the cross that version of jesus cell <laughs> It's like the Brad Pitt Jesus Yeah, like, why does he look like Brad Brad Pitt from Fight Club? Like, ripped abs, (laughs) toned. Like, he's being crucified. Why does he have to look sexy? Yeah, that Jesus is hot as shit. I I just wish... I just wish the cross, instead of being a T, if the arms, like, you know, went out and then went up so he could just be straight up flexing <laughs> while he was... You may have just invented the church flex that, cross. That's my Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the flex cross. You just made Jesus more American. That's, that's really funny. It's for super straight. Damn. It's We're taking the black Jesus. flag. They can have the flex cross. <laughs> yeah, it's the Buddy Jesus project. Oh, my Jesus. God. The only thing about sexualization of Christ I'll touch on is if y'all ever watched The Last Temptation of Christ, like, at the very end when he's on the cross and shit, he, like, has a vision about just having sex with Mary Mandolin and stuff, and he basically doesn't die on the cross. He just gets off of the cross. uh, If anybody's never seen it, I would check it out. It's, like, one of Scorsese's first ever films. It was actually pretty good. It's Willem Dafoe, right? Yeah, Willem Dafoe's Jesus. And then there's David Bowie in it. There's the guy that played the wolf in Pulp Fiction and shit. Oh, Harvey Cartel. I gotta watch that. Yeah. I've never seen that before. It's a pretty, it's a pretty star-studded cr- class. Turn left this podcast, everybody. I am Mike, and tonight I'm here with everyone. We have Sterling, Ward, Jaron, and Cosper, and we also have a special guest, Jamie. And tonight we're going to be going over the topic of gender. And since we don't usually cover our pronouns, since we just leave them in the show notes and assume that everyone is going to look there, um, but just you know to put it out there and figure it's relevant to the topic tonight. For myself, Ward, Sterling, and Jaron, our pronouns are he/him, and Cosper is they/them, and I guess Jamie is she/her. Um, but also. We just wanted to get the plugs out of the way to start off. I will uh, let Jamie go first and plug whatever you feel is uh, relevant. I know you have an election coming up. You want to talk about that a bit? Sure. Uh, So I believe the day this airs um, will be the final day to request a ballot. Um, I'm running for at-large for Wilshire Center Koreatown Neighborhood Council. We're running uh, on a slate. You can see all of our platform as well as all of my slate partners at ktown.team. Uh, And we have a nifty way to request a ballot there as well. Besides that, I would plug the organizing group that I'm sort of a co-founder of, but um, I'm also on our coordinating committee, which is the Organizers in Solidarity, organizing for social betterment, social welfare, uh, all across the leftist ecological spectrum. So essentially uh, anyone that can help better the working class, we're we're down to work with them. (laughs) Cool. and is that an LA thing or is that like a more of a national thing? I know you're out in LA because we didn't mention it. Yeah, I'm in LA and the, our, our focus is in Los Angeles just because that's where we are physically. But 
we do often get inquiries and help different organizers nationally. I've helped people with various projects around labor and tenant work and mutual aid. But our focus is primarily just because our working groups um, focus on projects that are geographically around Los Angeles. But we are actually sort of a clone. I can't say that we're like affiliated. We're like a clone of a group out of Philly. So I, if I could give them nice. a plug. Also, yeah, uh, LILAC, their local uh, initiative, local action committee uh, in Philly, lilacphilly.org, I believe. They're a wonderful group uh, and were a tremendous amount of help when we were trying to form. Oh, but, awesome. Uh, cool. Well, then uh, we'll just... Sterling, you want to plug the Twitter? Anything else you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter, at TurnLeftistPod. Uh, we are restocked with shirts, um, all sizes up to double XL. Do you know what the Shopify link is? I don't really know. I believe it's um, Turn Leftist Podcast with dashes in between all the words, uh, myshopify.com, if I remember correctly. But you can go to the link tree if anyone really wants it. You know the link tree URL, right? Yeah, it's just link tree slash turn leftist. Okay, cool. So anyone who wants the shirts. That's the easiest way to find anything related to the podcast, the Discord, whatever else. Uh, Cosby, you want to plug your Twitch? Yeah, uh, I'm currently on kind of a leave from my Twitch because school's gotten intense. But uh, you can find me on Twitch at Cosper underscore. I read books. I discuss cooking videos and stuff of that nature. Whatever is amusing to me, I'll probably cover it and laugh at it and give my spin. So you can find me there. I'd appreciate a follow. Yeah, send him a DM. He'll uh, link you his 12-page paper on Ficta. No, no DMs. Uh, no DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Strictly, strictly nobody DM me. <laughs> Jaron, you want to plug your website? Yeah, sure. It's uh, Jaron Perlman, J-A-R-O-N-P-E-A-R-L-M-A-N.com. And you can purchase either one of my books there. Currently, uh, I'm working on trying to figure out the next organization that would be benefiting from those purchases. Likely it will be something related to the Asheville homeless population and or BLM. So keep an eye out for that on my Instagram. Um, and my third book will be coming out later this year. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Ward. You want to plug your stuff? Yeah. So uh, I got two Instagrams at Ward Lawley, W-A-R-D-L-A-W-L-E-Y, and at Millennial Leftist, common spelling. Hell yeah. It's the king of memes over here. And then for everything else, yeah, just check out the link tree. That's link tree slash turn leftist. And if you want to hang out with us on Discord and shoot the shit, we are happy to have you. Uh, you know, provided you're a leftist. Nazis, stay the fuck out. <laughs> Dude, I love our Discord so much. Dude, it's getting better every day. I love it. So good. Yeah, we've become much more active. So anyone who's been considering joining our Discord, we really are in it. And there are a lot of active users now. Um, and if you were in it at one point and thought it died, that's on us. But we, we've brought it back. <laughs> Yeah, it's popping. Yeah, you can talk to me about Escape from Tarkov, and then I can have tanky takes on random shit that people bring up. <laughs> like Rasputin's penis. Yes. I've, I still won. I won that debate. Dude, we yeah. all acknowledge that you won. <laughs> I, know, I, just, I know. I just love saying that I'm right. I being <laughs> right. So I got to make it known every time I am. I literally could not come back from that. All right, so let's get into the topic at hand. Let's just start talking about gender, I guess, as a concept. Mostly what I put together for tonight is material to debunk the common right-wing narratives that we hear. Obviously, anyone who even talks about gender in this day and age is dealing with a lot of obvious transphobes, you know, leftover homophobes, even though they've pretty much lost every battle that goes along with homophobia. I feel like that's, you know, the future is that it's going to be that 
trans people are going to be just as accepted as lesbian and gay people are now. And it's just a long and uphill battle until that point. And I think we're all familiar with the typical talking points that we hear from obvious bigots. And so I did put together several things that debunk any of those. I've also got the definitions that may uh, work best up front, since they're pretty simple and basic stuff that kind of set the stage for what a lot of those are. All right, that works. Yeah, then let's, uh, to get started, let's just have uh, Sterling go with his definitions that he brought tonight. Go ahead, yes. buddy. So just a, a bunch of uh, simple definitions, and I'll circle back on the end. But uh, So the first definition I have, a transgender uh, simply means identifying one's gender with something other than their genetic birth sex. Whereas cisgender is identifying one's gender the same as their genetic birth sex. Binary means identifying one's gender as either male or female. Both cisgender and transgender can be binary, so long as they identify wholly as either male or female, regardless of their genetic birth sex. Non-binary means identifying one's gender as neither wholly male or female. Transgender can be non-binary so long as they identify as neither male or female, identify as partially male or female, or even identify as any combination of male, female, or other. Uh, cisgender cannot be non-binary as cisgender implies one identifies wholly as male or female. Pronouns, uh, gender pronouns are words that simply define what a person prefers to be referred to as. Um, someone who prefers he, him would prefer that you said, I ran into him at the store the other day, while someone who prefers they, them would simply prefer you say, I ran into them at the store the other day. Uh, preferred gender pronouns do not always match one's gender birth sex, as hopefully we all know at this point. Uh, they, them implies a person prefers they, them as their pronouns and likely identify as non-binary. Uh, then there is, of course, and the main reason I, I brought these definitions is for this next section, because this is something I never really knew about that I was always curious, which is some combinations such as they, he, or they, she, or even they, him, or they, her. This most commonly implies a person prefers they, them, but won't be offended if you use he, him, or she, her, respectively. It could also imply that they prefer they, them, while also identifying as masculine or feminine, in which case they might actually be bothered or offended if you do use he, him, or she, her, respectively. Uh, there's also he, they, or she, they, where you, you put the masculine or feminine first, which may imply the ex exact same thing as the reverse does, but it also may imply that they are more comfortable with he, him, or she, her, respectively, but are also comfortable with they, them. This could also be because they're still learning the meanings themselves, or they're even still learning what they identify as themselves. Uh, you should always understand that one's preferences on these terms can change, and you should always be considerate and respectful of these changes. There are, of course, many other reasons why someone may use a combination of pronouns like they, he, or they, she, and if you're ever not sure, they're typically more than happy to teach someone who's willing to ask. Uh, also, I'd like to note, uh, go ahead. I just wanted to say real quick, you know, just as a side note, because this is important to point out, but if you do use someone's incorrect pronouns, you will immediately be canceled by the entire left <laughs> in America. You will be killed. You will never be able to be employed again. And all of your family will be sent to labor camps in the DPRK. 
because, you know, as we all know, no one on the left is tolerant in any way whatsoever. We are actually all fascist in disguise. That's why we want to burn books and silence everyone on the right, especially if you're a cis white male. You have to be shut up forever. And God damn. Yeah, it has never once happened that people have been called the wrong pronouns and then they were understanding and willing to explain the situation and be tolerant and patient <laughs> with people. That never happens. But it continues. Uh, God damn. Did you write that or was that right off the cuff? <laughs> no, I mean, that's. I'm just trying to think of all the worst stereotypes of what, you know, <laughs> what it all comes down to is like people on the right so desperately trying to play the victim. And they yeah. try to make it seem as if, you know, people that they cannot understand that they haven't encountered that they are not familiar with just their mere existence is somehow an affront to their entire lifestyle as mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. straight white boring dudes. That's what the whole super straight thing was about. That I'm sure we will get into tonight because it's very relevant. I'm actually glad we recorded this episode when we are doing it. Cause we had this one on the docket for months. Uh, so this actually works out really well with the whole super straight bullshit, but yeah, we'll get into that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, continue. The old SS, huh? Making a return. Oh, yes. fuck. <laughs> yeah. I did have a, a similar experience myself uh, back at this last Dragon Con here in Atlanta where uh, one of the board games, because basically Dragon Con, they have this big board game section where you go to and you and they'll have all these open games and you can sign up and you get to play with random people. You get to play a bunch of games you never played. Ton of fun. And, oh, Jamie, are you talking? I was just mouthing the word Dragon Con because oh. I grew up in Atlanta. So I'm familiar. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. What a small world. Yes. Oh, my God. So, that would be the school that I got suspended for calling my teacher a fascist. That is <laughs> well, now that, now that I know more nice. context, you're probably right on the damn money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't want to burn too much of, her, of their spot, um, but it later came out that uh, their spouse had a lot of involvement with lots of not that. Oh, might have been because they're a fascist. That'll do it. Wait, we're talking about like libertarian stuff, which you know. Yeah, like oh, out okay. there, that's to them. <laughs> that that's that being. Isn't it bad that we can just say that and we know what we need, what we mean? Like, man, they were I, getting into some real libertarian shit. Well, they always do too. too. They always yeah, use that phrase. I'm socially liberal but fiscally conservative something like that that's uh, that basically yeah, just yeah. reads like yeah i will end up turning on you that's <laughs> <laughs> it means you hate taxes and age of consent laws <laughs> one of the, oh, basically yeah. I, I actually encountered one in the wild the other day but we can circle around to that in the wild <laughs> yeah even out here i've i've ran into like surprisingly you'd think los angeles you know everyone thinks we're this big liberal haven there are Plenty of libertarians and um, even Trump supporters that circle around. We had yeah. these weird yeah. rallies in Beverly Hills that they just didn't, they wouldn't do anything about them. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, so yeah. once you get back to uh, your thing and then we'll, we'll finish that up. Yeah, so real quick, just because we're on that topic, uh, the Dragon Con thing, I was playing with another player who was non-binary and their preferred pronouns were they, them. 
And this was really one of my first experiences of setting down with someone who was a they them for a considerable amount of time while also doing something that was very mentally active. Um, so as I'm playing this game and and I'm going to tell you, it's one of the most complex games I've ever played. It was like this fucking thing with dinosaurs and it was wild and took a lot of focus. And I kept saying he and. After about four or five times, I could tell, not, not only could I tell it was bothering him, even if I couldn't, I knew that it was wrong that I was making the mistake. And I eventually just stopped and I said, look, let me, let me back up. Every time I say it, I know I'm saying, the moment it goes out of my mouth, I'm like, damn it, I just screwed up. So I'm sorry. I promise I, I am trying. I was like, but there's a lot going on. So please, if you feel the need to even correct me, you're only going to educate me and it's appreciated. And so he, see there, I just said he. So they did. And, you know, I said he and he just, they, and I was like, oh, sorry, they. And by the end of it, I, I was still getting it. And, you know, you're still going to make mistakes. No one expects you to be perfect. And by the end of that game, we ended up becoming such good friends. Uh, we traded numbers. We came back the next day, played board games again, and remain we remain in contact to this day for over a year now and still great friends. Comrade. Oh, yeah. The last thing I wanted to say uh, on those definitions is to just please note the definitions I gave are oversimplified definitions that are only meant to give a simple and general overview but there are, of course, exceptions that not everyone fits into some simple definitions. You should always refer to a person's preferences and not your own assumptions. And that's what I got. That's great. I would actually say that that's all like, really good information and very accurate. Um, but of course, the disclaimer at the end is always necessary. I think they've tried to be as inclusive as they can and, and actually count all of the genders. And they've they've gotten up as high as like 52. So <laughs> it's just, it's important to just ask and do your best. And as you said, let people know you're trying. Communication yeah. is key. And there's a, there's a common term here um, in LA in organizing spaces. We call it oops, ouch. Um, if, <laughs> if someone messes up, just a quick oops. I didn't mean to say that. The other person is allowed to correct you. That's the oops, ouch. And move on. It's, Totally okay to address it. And that person doesn't even have to say it's okay. No, it's oops, ouch. You say oops, correct yourself and move forward. Yeah. But that was a great summary. And, and I mean, it's just like, it reminds me that it's just like gender theory is super new. Like, it, and it's new to you, but also society. Because like gender yeah. itself is pretty new. I don't know if, if y'all are familiar with that. The, the fact that, sex and gender really only separated as, as a term, I think like the 80, 1984, I, I want to say. Um, I didn't know it. Actually, yeah, actually I have a say, I, I, I took a couple of notes just to have this off head. Um, it was actually in the 1960s. Um, there was an American psychiatrist by the name of Robert Stoller um, who actually studied homosexuality, transsexuality, and intersexuality. Um, and he borrowed the term gender and actually coined the term, uh, the expression gender identity in the book, Sex and Gender, which actually first appeared in 1968. So concept of sex and gender not being, you know, interchangeable is still fairly recent. And it's actually really common knowledge that it's mostly marketing that really <laughs> spurred that. <laughs> Don't doubt that at all. <laughs>
So this is just a general question. I, I, I have my own sort of nuanced thoughts on some of this, but I don't know how much of this is true or not. But, you know, you'll go on like uh, the sort of woke new left, baby leftist forums or pages, and they'll mention something about how like indigenous peoples recognize more than one gender yeah. or something like that. I don't really know if it's valid or not, but I would be interested Super valid. to know more. Super valid. Uh, I mean, the two-spirit gender identity uh, that's related to the native and first tribes uh, nations, absolutely super valid. One of the 52 or more, it's probably more. Yeah, there's literally tribes that have it as part of their culture um, going Mm -hmm. back pre-colonialization that had this concept already. So I guess, honestly, uh, I mean, what I just said about gender identity, I mean, that's obviously the white history and the, the, you know, the white supremacist history that we call recorded history. But even before then, as you're mentioning, like those two spirits, those tribes, they had these concepts, the third gender or an ungender that, you know, we just are only now catching up to, I guess, would Mm -hmm. be the more accurate way to think about it. Interesting. Yeah, I think a good thing to point out is that gender is obviously a spectrum. Uh, Gender is obviously not the same thing as sex. And much like other social constructs like race or what is a disability, they have been traditionally used to hold people down. They have been used as tools of oppression. Like when people talk about the patriarchy, when they talk about oppressive gender roles, when they talk about race as a social construct, there's a reason that it's so hard to define what someone's race is, especially when people mix races or, you know, whatever people talk about, uh, miscegenation like the uh as soon as somebody even says that word you know you're talking to (laughs) a fucking proto-fascist if not a full-out fascist but like um the reason it gets so hard to define those things is because they are made up they are just made up categories that don't really have any basis in some kind of concrete science that you could define with like blood quantums or something is how they typically do with race again i just have to use that as analogy because just like gender roles science is, exactly. It's, simply, it's usually just simply misconstrued science. I mean, even the genetic tests today, where they they try to check your genealogy or like where you're from, like the cheek swap things where you send in your DNA sample, they're not even telling you like they didn't find preserved remains and that's the DNA that they're using for their markers. This is DNA of the people that currently live in that country. So just knowing migration people don't stay in place and you don't know that that DNA is necessarily even the same DNA that was in that region. And uh, there's a large margin of error trying to use that type of tracking. So yeah, it's just, it's always unfounded or misconstrued science. And it's, it's the racists do it, the misogynists do it, the transphobes do it. And this list that, that you prepared that has all these topics. I mean, this is pretty much the greatest hits of, misinterpreted science for just gender identity and yeah i'm, I'm happy to debunk as many of those as y'all <laughs> y'all want to take the time to do it's, it gets pretty easy and one of the things i want to reference to um first off let me give one final plug because i've totally forgot before we get too deep yeah, the no trans community center is a discord if anyone here is questioning their gender identity thinks that they're in any way transgender or just non-binary or questioning there's a Discord. Just check out the Trans Community Center. Um, one of the most helpful, uh, very well-moderated, great community. So uh, it is only uh, for trans individuals. So um, allies, unfortunately, aren't, aren't. there are sister discords and things, but that one is specifically for uh, folks who are transgender. But that being said, it's just like 
there are science just proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that transgender and gender identity is valid. If you get on, uh, oh, the World Health, the WHO, go to, just type in like, who trans, yeah, go to WHO transgender. There's actually a whole page on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they're like communists trying to institute Sharia law, right? <laughs> Those two things totally go together. <laughs> one of the only internationally recognized medical bodies. <laughs> That's probably the best way to reference. But they literally break it down as, even when people try to define gender as the chromosomes, there are even yeah. mutations. There are variations. There's also people that are, you know, have... XXY and you know more chromosomes than what would consider to be the standard paired set. But beyond that, there are mutations of the alleles. There are variations of those alleles. There, are, it just goes. So like even science proves this. So anybody that tries to use science just misinterpreting. Yeah, especially when they try to just pull out the quick one-liner like, "Oh, it's just basic science." It's like, no, you're just proving that you are not up to date with the actual science, and you're referencing science from about fifty, sixty years ago before people actually did more research. But go ahead, Casper. I was going to say, in addition with that, you can there's really good stuff on Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy for those of you who like to read about the metaphysics of these things, which I think are also equally important. That go on to prove through work of people like Judith Butler that you know gender can oftentimes be a very performative action that isn't really based in your chromosomes, blah blah, but more so of a this is just what I do because this is what I think that it is to be a man or a woman or what have you, and then you end up limiting yourself to that construct without questioning why you're doing what you're doing to ask am i making this decision on my own or is some outlying force making it for me and that outlying force more than oftentimes is kind of being manipulated to get people to do certain things for a certain reason as we've seen through countless acts throughout the fucking 1950s you have people whose dreams don't even matter because they're supposed to be somewhere else yeah exactly right and they manipulated society to make money they made all the girls things pink and all the boys things blue. And now when you have a baby, it's not the same gender. You have to buy that color of things. And honestly, that was a huge start. That was a big reason why we started seeing this whole gender binary thing start. Yep. Just real quick, going back to like the oppressive gender role thing and, you know, it being a social construct, obviously the society that we're living in is not the only society that's ever existed. It's not the only way the societies have been set up. So just the fact that there have been matriarchal societies, there have been like different ways that things were organized and gender roles were different if they existed at all, shows that this is not something that is like natural to humans um, in some kind of innate way. But also I should make the point that it's oppressive to all types of genders that exist. So like when people oppose gender roles, they're not just opposing it because they want to not only liberate women from it, but men as well. Like it's the same thing that tells women that the traditional role should be as homemakers and stay in the kitchen or whatever is the same backward system that tells men that their place is to go to war and do stupid things that kill them, you know, earlier, as we were talking about before we even started the podcast (laughs) tonight. Uh, I did want to go, I saw your hand up, Jaron, and then we'll go with Cosper after you. I mean, there's just a few things that got stirred up for me in this. I I think one is the, the idea that conservatives come at you like you have to justify who you are firstly is just completely repugnant to me. At its base <laughs> level, it's just fucked up to have to validate yourself like that. But if you really want to, two things real quick. The first is you have people asking you for scientific evidence of who you are, and these same fucking people believe in things like the Bible <laughs> and that COVID isn't real. 
So like, you know, you're, you're cherry picking what parts of science you want anyway. You won't listen to science like climate change, but you have to justify this literal human being who's physically standing next to you to justify that they're real. You know, the whole thing is a fucking mind fuck. But then also from the perspective of, I know I mentioned before, like, you know, I taught science for a while and yeah, if you do want to get into the science, which I think is ridiculous that you'd even need to do so, you know, there, there's genealogical translocation, there is chromosomal deletion, there's disruptors, people respond to hormones differently based on the physical construction of their brain. And I bet you these people that are just thinking that chromosomes are, you know, X, Y, and XX, first off, you have fucking a bunch of different pairs of them. So it's not even just one pair of XXXY and that makes something. There's a ton of different pairs and most of these people can't even, de even define what a chromosome is, which is a bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of nucleic acids and proteins that are built up out of fucking basic elemental construction. They can't even tell you what that is, but they want you to validate it. Like, I know this is a rant, but it pisses me off so bad because you, you don't even speak the language that you're asking for someone to give you. <laughs> It's pathetic. Okay. Super based. <laughs> That's super based. I'd also like to point out that uh, this is the group that does not believe in climate change, <laughs> yet no, yet Noah had to load up this fucking giant boat with every animal on the planet to escape uh, this giant river that just encompassed the entire planet. And I'm like, if what is climate change if not God or Mother Earth punishing you for your absolute shit individualistic capitalist bullshit? So true. But I mean, even just to reiterate what I was saying earlier, like the toy, and I'm just going to pull this right off of Wikipedia because I pulled this while, while we were talking. Yep. Just toys for girls. Not stores, though. I know, I know. But toys no, for girls from the 1920s <laughs> to the 1960s focused heavily on domesticity and nurturing. For example, a 1925 Sears ad for toy broom and mop set proclaimed, Mothers, here's a real practical toy for little girls. Every little girl likes to play house, to sweep, and to do mother's work for her. So, I mean, even right from the beginning, gender, gender marketing, it was a tool of oppression. Right from the beginning, your labor is alienated from you. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Seriously. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you're right on. I mean, when we look at like what are masculine and feminine traits, even in that manner, you have, and this is kind of a fucked up thing, but you have more masculine or more feminine traits than there are masculine really to a large extent. Like masculinity is more, more so associated with like strength, courage, independence, leadership, and assertiveness. Whereas like, femininity the list goes on you know what i mean femininity can usually be like you know sensitivity supportiveness sweetness and all of these like secondary things that you do to help other people whereas masculineness is just being the boss apparently which is pretty fun well i mean even beyond that like the negative and positive connotations of those traits when if you were to even put them in buckets i'm sure positives on all of the male traits as quote unquote would far outweigh all of the you know positives of the female traits but if you were to look at negative i can't think of very many traits when you think of male traits that are negative but the list for you know feminine traits that are negative it goes on and on and it's just it's gender's literally a construct it's what we created to assign this subversive role of society initially 
you know, women didn't even originally have the right to vote. It's just, it's extremely just clear that it's literally a tool of oppression. Um, So (laughs) that's my viewpoint on it. (laughs) Well, Jamie, do you think that the way we counter that is with more girl boss female ice agents? (laughs) That's the way we're going to do that, right? No, and Kamala is a cop. (laughs) I just can't. I can't believe that this is the... The, the situation we're in where they're just like, just elect a cop. It's a, it's a woman, but it's a cop, but it's a yeah, woman. Liberalism. And liberals are defending it tooth and nail. Oh, they love it, man. They love it. Yeah, that's real. But what I would say though, like as far as like all these positive negative traits, I think that's a large part of the reason why I take the stance that I do at least within gender as it comes. And you touched on it earlier, Mike, with like human nature and stuff. My personal belief is we don't, there is no human nature. I really don't. If there's anything about us that is human, it's our ability to choose our own essence. We're one of the only things that our essence actually comes after our existence. We get to choose it kind of like a painter looks at a canvas and gets to decide what they get to put on it. So I think as far as all that goes, it comes down to me saying, what do I want to be? What do I want to do with my life? And it's not going to be anything that's because I'm a man or a woman or anything of a nature. It's going to be because it's a, choiceable decision that I wanted to do, not because anything else was telling me to do it because, you know, I was born with something between my legs. Yeah. It's very beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. If we haven't covered it enough on this podcast, I feel like we may have mentioned in passing, but like that is the Marxist uh, position on human nature is that it doesn't exist. It's not a thing. And that's where material conditions come in. And the easiest example to use, if you want to break that down to somebody who tries to throw the human nature bullshit at you when they when you start defending any kind of leftist position if someone is poor are they generous probably not if someone is barely scraping by they're probably not going to donate a lot to charity or you know go out of their way to volunteer if they're working you know tons of hours just to scrape by but if that person becomes a little more wealthy if they have a little more comfort and security they're probably going to donate a little more because they are able to that's the very basic idea of a material condition and that extends to everything when it comes to every behavior that people have in a society, it really is based on their material conditions and what they are able to do based on that. Um, that person's nature didn't change just because they got a little more money. They probably were always desiring to be generous or stingy, depending on their, you know, what their proclivity is as just as a person. But human nature is not affected by that because it's not a thing that exists. It's, it's literally dictated by systems of economy and politics that people live under. Okay, just to kind of piggyback off that, because I completely agree, you do have those who are born into wealth, who do have access and don't donate at all. And when they do, it's only for tax purposes or, you know, because they know someone who has a charity and it's really just fucking money laundering. But that's because they've never really experienced with these other uh, people who do not have access to those to that kind of wealth that, you know, actually donating does have a significant impact on their life. But those people that, you know, are poor to start with that have experienced how a donation can impact their life and make a tremendous difference when they do go on to, to get money, you'll very commonly notice that they are quite generous, that they do turn out to be people that uh, are much more actively productive in society uh, because they learned humility at the, at the bottom. And I think that's one reason that most of us on the left are where we are and care about others. Cause at some point we've been on the bottom and had a rough run and had to learn humility whether we liked it or not. So that, that's, What's that song? What song? 
started from the bottom now I'm something I don't know I don't know the rap song started from Jesus the bottom now so I'm but it's <laughs> funny to say that because they've done stuff on this like 10 years ago there was a huge one and they found that like poor people are more charitable than the wealthy yeah. it's it's proven like if you're poor yeah. and you've undergone the struggle of material conditions mm. then you know what it's like to have that struggle of material conditions and you'll try to alleviate that burden someone else undergoing that same struggle now someone that's not familiar with that struggle material conditions that doesn't have a familiarity with that feeling of stress isn't going to be as charitable and there's research to back that up it's sad homeless people just made bad choices man it's it's on them brother they could they could go out and get a job if they really wanted it brother and so even the people that like would theoretically be pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. They're mostly <laughs> giving it away because they know everyone else is being yep. crushed by the boot. So they're just trying to help other people not be crushed by the boot. And if we don't all start to kind of admit it and work together to lift the boot, then it's just going to keep raising and stomping. A lot of people are independent contractors or some kind of small business uh, influencer and we've all sort of split up the labor and there's automation that's just pushing from one side and legislation that's pushing from the other and something's gonna give <laughs> eventually and Surely, gender, yeah, you might say we're uh, atomized yeah <laughs> insanely so and gender is just another way of doing that they split us up any way they can <laughs> yeah i mean to to that point of splitting us up every way that they can you guys have talked with me enough. You already know that I could critique the Soviet Union or, or Maoist China on some gender. What's that, Jared? Your feet's breaking up. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Uh, no, but, but you know, I, think, I think the attachment to the, the nuclear family and the proliferation of gender roles is directly related to splitting the labor force. And I think it's very telling that, that, you know, all of my critiques of communism aside with capitalism specifically, the wool is over your eyes to an extent that is so impeccable because you have this freedom to choose your brand of toothbrush. You have your freedom <laughs> to get a Honda or a Volvo. You have your freedom to do all this consumeristic bullshit. But the moment you try and do something like start a black version of Wall Street in Oklahoma, or say that you are non-binary, or exercise some freedom that doesn't have to do with profit motive, all of a sudden you don't actually have freedom. Your freedoms are limited to things that are directly motivated to funneling wealth upwards. And as soon as you shake that paradigm, you start realizing how thin that freedom actually is. Very well said. That's something I quoted recently, and it was just like, Marx, Engels, and Lenin argued that economic class rather than, or interrelated with, nationality, race, or culture is the main force that divides people. It's nationalist ideology. That's a propaganda mm -hmm. tool of society's dominant economic class. And that goes on with gender. That's gender, it's race, it's everything. They use yeah. fascism to oppress us so that they can get their end result, which is rule. The thing I was going to add on to what you were saying, though, Jaron, is that I would, uh, capitalism has a hell of a way to commodifying every aspect of your life. So while transgenderism, non-binaryism isn't really that hot of a commodity yet, wait until it gets in full swing of actually, you know, being something that you can reap some sow from. It is. And, and, you know, I would almost argue that it has already started. I um, completely agree. Yeah. And I got to call out RuPaul's Drag Race. 
Yeah. Um, no, that's that a is a very example. problematic show that has, even RuPaul has some gross concepts of gender identity. Yeah, he's and, also a fracking lord. Yeah. Uh, capitalist. Oh, I didn't know that. Ugh. Just makes sense. I am not that surprised. But honestly, the, the whole concept of just the commodification of transgender people is it's already started. Yeah. The one thing that really needs to be communicated better is the, the difference between drag and transgender, which, you know, drag performance goes back to vaudeville. That's very much a theater and that's been around for a long time, but it wasn't a sense of gender identity and largely isn't, although I can't say it always isn't, but yeah, it's already started. Yeah, to, to piggyback on that, most of these larger corporations uh, mm-hmm. that are actually using this as a tool now, it's they're very strategic with how they use it. They'll have, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion departments, and they'll have areas where you can meet and communicate, whether it be an online forum or certain areas where, you know, it, it's... Uh, appropriate for them to basically meet and talk about these subjects and what they do is they really turn it into the back of the bus and this is where you need to go if you want to have those talks while they they sit here and make it look like they're being inclusive and they're bringing you know trans and uh, gay people into the company but like I said, they're, they're putting them in the back of the bus. And if you want to learn about it, you got to walk to the back of the bus. They're not uh, actively holding big seminars where they're teaching their employees how to talk to someone who uses different pronouns or why they should be inclusive. It's just totally, we're giving you this area if you want to use it. But that doesn't mean we're going to tell everyone else that they should be inclusive of you. Precisely. And that's one of the main issues we just had recently because um, I'm, I'm on the neighborhood council. I'm, I'm actually the assistant secretary for our neighborhood, Wilshire Center, Koreatown. Mm-hmm. We are an advisory body to city council. And recently they made the motion to add gender inclusivity training. There was actually an incident. Uh, someone that was an elected official at another neighborhood council was dealing with a a junior, like a young adult representative who is also running. Not sure if they ever sat, but uh, they were intentionally dead naming and misgendering. This was an elected official sitting. And I believe they Jesus still Christ. are sitting. Um, so even in the, uh, I don't know, what do they call it? The socialist haven of Los Angeles <laughs> and the West Coast. <laughs> we're still having this. Like it, It's yeah. just now getting added to our training uh, from the top, bot, like mayor, city council, the neighborhood council, everyone will have to take this training when it's done. Mm. But this was proposed last August. Yeah. And they just last, this last month added the gender inclusivity aspect to the training. And the training was proposed that long ago. I'm not, I, I'm not sure when it'll be done, but I won't be breath. It's still ongoing. But again, and I want to go back, think of like the Great Depression Back when there were clothes, back at back in the Dust Bowl, when you had children, you didn't have boys' clothes and girls' clothes. A lot of times, yeah. boys ran around in like a, what was very nearly a dress, and you just dressed your kid. It, we didn't have gendered clothing for children. There wasn't gendered toys, uh, as I read a, a little while ago. It wasn't until like the twenties and, and things that we started seeing these gender marketed toys and and colored clothes and things so they could sell more clothes because you had Mm -hmm. to buy those clothes for that child. Otherwise, 
society would look yep. down on you. They would question mm-hmm. you. You would be, you would be the, the square peg in the round hole. And yeah. that's, it's, that's fascism. Yeah. Reg, regimentation <laughs> of society is fascism. So the longer we uphold these constructs, the longer we're just, you know, literally not seeing the forest for the trees. Well, then, uh, do you want to, let's see if we can get into some of these things that are in the, uh, the notes here. I do want to make a note that um, we will post the link to this pastebin or a version of it since this one got flagged. As soon as I made the pastebin, the website flagged it for some kind of violent speech. And now you can only <laughs> see it if you log in with our, dude, I swear to God, they did it with the QAnon one too. As soon as you put any kind of questionable yeah. language in there. Um, but I will make some kind of public version of all of these notes and resources. That way, anything that we talk about and plenty more, because I'm sure we're not going to get to all of this tonight. It will be a resource for everybody who hears this to be able to have some talking points and be able to debunk any of the bullshit they encounter from transphobes online. But uh, Jamie, did you have any that stuck out to you that you want to uh, address? Um, no, I mean, honestly, and I, I used the joke earlier, but this is just the greatest hits. Just like all the stuff that you see on the internet when any bigot tries to disprove my gender identity, I could take these and put them in a wheel and just spin that wheel. And it <laughs> yeah. would be one of, <laughs> one of these arguments. And if, if you want us to host the thing on a web page for the website, at OIS. Oh, nice. That is- yeah. That may be an easier way to do it. I will figure out some kind of way to post this so that it doesn't get flagged and to post it. But, um, but that may be a good resource as well. Yeah, um, that, that offer is actually open for any leftist organizing, any mutual aid hubs that want to be listed on our calendar or just want any information posted on our site as far as it's anti-racist and we're happy to happy to host nice yeah i do want to get into some of these just because we are i feel like a lot of our listeners are still new to the left uh this is probably going to be news to a lot of people who may not be as familiar um so let's get into some of these debunked talking points and why the right wingers are full of shit uh let's see (laughs) reason number fucking I know, right? 20,000. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Spin the way Sometimes on. I am just like, what is wrong with these people? I'm trying to find it in here, but something I do want to talk about are, are some misconceptions that people have um, because they typically sort of like QAnon. They will typically veil it in the form of concern for children, and they try to make it seem like there was some kind of assault on children by giving them access to uh, transition therapy or any kind of measures that would help them if they are feeling dysphoria in any way, sorry, I'm just looking through the pace bin here. It's longer than I thought. Oh, it's a very thorough. I was like, oh, it's, it's all here. Oh, here's the one. Okay. So these are some common myths uh, listed in this section here. Since anything relating to trans youth and medical treatment almost inevitably brings out the, quote, kids are being castrated, and, quote, 90% of trans kids desist and will regret transition, concern trolling. Uh, no, that is not how this works. That's not how any of this works. The, quote, 90% desist claim is a myth based on debunked studies, and transition is a very long, slow, cautious process for trans youth. For pre-adolescence, it is entirely social, and for adolescents, the first line of medical care is 100% temporary puberty-delaying treatment that has no long-term effects. Hormone therapy isn't an option until their mid-teens, by which point the chance that they will desist are close to zero. Reconstructive genital surgery is not an option until their late teens or early 20s at the youngest. Any competent doctor or therapist who has any reasonable grasp of this topic should recognize that transition is vitally necessary, frequently life-saving medical care for trans adolescents. 
And that if there is even a chance that an adolescent may be trans, there's absolutely no reason to withhold 100% temporary and fully reversible hormone blockers to delay puberty for a little while until they're sure. Just um, real quick. I mean, this is really um, common and very sought after knowledge. But I just also I just want to underscore that like surgery is not the only way to like like gender affirming uh, options end with surgery. There are a lot of ways people will confirm their gender or express their gender mm-hmm. before you get to surgery. And I yeah. just want to underscore that because it's just super important that people understand that. Yeah, and, and yeah. in a ton of cases, and honestly, probably most cases, I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, but surgery is never even something that is actually followed through with. Like they're in most cases, I, I would assume most trans people get comfortable affirming the, themselves in ways that don't require undergoing surgery. Yeah, often. It's just not necessarily required. Um, yeah, yeah. It's actually very common that folks don't. Yeah, yeah, and just making <laughs> sure people understand trans does not mean that you've had a surgery and that now you are genetically different. Well, thank you. I just wanted to just underscore that. But now that yeah. it's Biden's America, as soon as you get into third grade, you're getting that dick chopped off, buddy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Got to get that adrenochrome from somewhere. <laughs> oh, no. We did a gender-inclusive episode, and we're going to get canceled. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jamie, real quick, is like how you're saying like someone doesn't need necessarily need to go like all the way to surgery just the field affirmation is, and this is something I've recently heard about. I still need to look into it, but uh, is gender euphoria. Yeah. A lot of people talk about gender dysphoria, but I feel like no one is talking about gender euphoria. Well, um, that's something you won't find discussed outside of like mostly just trans circles because that's the opposite of dysphoria. So when you achieve like, gender uh, affirmation usually is when you would feel gender euphoria. And that's not something we would typically talk about with someone that's trans. <laughs> yeah, I understand. No, it's just something I recently like heard in discussion. And so it was like something I've been meaning to look into. Yeah, no, totally just opposite of dysphoria. Like dysphoria is one of the best ways I've ever heard it described is just like a pebble in your shoe. It just feels off. It just, it's uncomfortable. And you just need to get the pebble out of your shoe. That's how a lot of people feel. I'm not saying everyone feels that way. And of course, everyone experiences it differently. But yeah, the opposite of that would be gender euphoria, where you feel got the pebble out of your shoe. <laughs> Thank you. That actually was something I kind of wanted to touch on when we were talking about, you know, when I was joking about misgendering people and getting canceled immediately for it. <laughs> that is something that is probably going to be the case. If, if you're unfamiliar, if you've never met trans people before, most likely you have and didn't realize it, uh, first of all. But 100%. also, if you just if you're meeting someone that is presenting in a way that you can have an idea that they may be trans and you're worried about calling them the wrong pronouns, the overwhelming chance is that they have encountered that same situation and they're going to be more uncomfortable than you and prepared to correct you and gently and patiently if you do you know, make the mistake of misgendering them. And it really, as long as you're not an asshole, as long as you're not intentionally doing it and being a dick about it, you're going to be fine. Like you should not worry about getting canceled. Navigating leftism should be ninety percent intention. If the yeah. intention is is right, then the ten percent will work itself out. 
I mean, you really only need to know 10%. If your intentions are good, you should be able to navigate leftist spaces. That's my piece on that. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's dead on because, you know, open-mindedness is probably the biggest trait among leftist spaces as opposed to the opposite. Would you have, Cosmo? I was just going to kind of confirm that, I guess, as a leftist and a non-binary person. Y'all have called me he a bunch, and I, I really don't give a shit. I know that, it, like, looking at me, it probably feels like he, but... uh. Yeah, I guess I'm also a bad person asking this because I really don't care about my pronouns. I just feel like I am what I am, and if you call me that, that's fine. I just know it's not really what I am. So yeah, I think as far as that goes, people are pretty lax, or at least the people that I know, as long as there's a good intention behind it, and you're not just like, yeah, he, yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah, we have fucked that up constantly. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) Brother is still okay, right, brother? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i even like and i'm in california so like dude and man like yeah, yeah. colloquialisms you just sort of and, and also, it really comrade is the best one because comrade <laughs> is gender neutral i have no qualms about comrade um but just literally if you're trying like that's literally the mm-hmm. the first like if you're tr- and it can get frustrating if someone keeps messing yeah like i've told you and the worst is ma'am and sir and it's <laughs> just infuriating that they still have city clerks that will use mammons and that's probably one of the first places that should stop using yeah. them they don't even need them yeah um, those are yeah. gross anyway <laughs> yeah but as long as you're trying like people are just they make mistakes and if you're not familiar and then it's largely i bet it depends on just like where you're at because there's going to be a lot of people in one region. You've got a mess of, and, and someone that, you know, like I can find spaces. Yeah. Like here in the South, ma'am and sir are really, really common. Yeah. Specifically. And like when someone's just like, thank you, sir. It's just like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I know, I know you're not like meaning anything by it as if anything is like a thing of respect is whatever, you know? Yeah. Especially if I don't have the time of day to like be like, well, actually, you know, yeah especially if it's just like a, a transactional like precisely yeah, yeah. if i'm like getting gas at a gas station you're like come against her and i'm like yeah yeah i will i probably will have to <laughs> in that same wheelhouse uh mr miss and mrs that's even stranger to me the mrs and miss where it's like you have to define someone by whether or not they're married to a man uh, is so strange to me. And that's, you know, in, in professional environments, that's still a very common thing when you're talking to yeah. uh, customers, you're supposed to say Mr., Miss, or Mrs. And it's like, well, even if you were trying to, you know, follow that uh, blueprint, how the fuck do you expect me? Like, uh, excuse me, before I start addressing you, can you please tell me whether or not uh, you are getting fucked um, in marriage or outside of marriage? <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> That's just simply because women are property. Honestly, honestly. That, yeah. No, not honestly. And whether or not I you're agree. adorned with a diamond is whether or not you belong to a man and whether or not you are in the middle of your salutation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope that's coming across. I think people are understanding, hearing this, that how old-fashioned all these concepts are. Yeah. Um, let me just get back to a couple of these things here. Oh, so I was continuing... about to ask. Sorry, go ahead. I say buddy a lot. Is that gender neutral? <laughs> <laughs> like, because Cosper said something about me saying buddy earlier, and now I'm like I'm questioning not sure it. Buddy guy. 
I think Buddy's pal, friend. Yeah, no. I think Buddy's completely in the realm of like Canadian uh, exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> but no offense. Canadian Ow. inclusive. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. As far as that stuff goes, I guess yeah, I am a bad person to ask because like if you call me dude or buddy, I'm just gonna be like it's whatever. You know, I don't really know if there's like a gender with that. I know I've had talks about dude definitely having gender towards it depending on who you're talking to. But I think me and you actually talked about this because yeah. I like absolutely use it gender neutral. Like I call my wife and daughter dude <laughs> constantly. Yeah, my yeah. female coworkers, my male coworkers, everyone in my life is either dude or buddy. Like full house. And I think somebody like we were talking in the Discord, and somebody called me out on it, and I had to like, like, no, I'm so sorry. Like, I did not mean it that way. Like, honestly. Yeah. Again, is it comes back to that intention thing. You know what I mean? Like, if you're calling someone dude, to be like, oh no, you're actually a dude. I'm sorry. Mary Kate and Ashley it's walked like, so we could run. You got it, dude. That's right. <laughs> This comes colloquialisms are just a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. Some people care. I've heard people that not a dude. I hate it when people say dude. And then just like we're in California, dude. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> hear it. Right, yeah, just call your guy friends babe and sweetie. See what happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I you do. don't do that. Right? <laughs> 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 um, so continuing here, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. Gender identity is typically expressed around age four. It probably forms much earlier than that, but it's hard to tell with pre-verbal infants, and sometimes the gender identity expressed is not the one typically associated with the child's appearance. Regarding treatment for trans youth, there are guidelines released by the American Academy of Pediatrics. The short version is that, yes, young children can identify their own gender identity, and some of those young kids are trans. A child whose gender identity is, is gender A, but who is assumed to be gender B based on their appearance, will suffer debilitating distress over this conflict. That's where gender dysphoria comes in. Uh, When this happens, transition is the treatment recommended by every major medical authority. For young children, this process is purely social. It consists of allowing the child to express their gender identity as comes naturally to them. If they just have gender atypical interests or clothing preferences, let them have the toys and clothes that they want. If they want to use a name or pronouns atypical to the gender they were previously assumed to be, let them do that too. If they later decide they don't want to do this anymore, nothing has been changed that can't be changed back in an afternoon. Let the child explore their gender. There's no reason not to. For adolescents, the first line of medical intervention is puberty-delaying treatment. The treatment is 100% temporary and fully reversible. It does nothing but buy time by delaying the onset of permanent physical changes. This treatment is very safe and well-known because it has been used for decades to delay puberty in children who would otherwise have started it inappropriately young. If an adolescent starts this treatment, then realizes medical transition isn't what they need, they stop treatment, and puberty picks up where it left off. There are no permanent effects. Now, one of the most common ways to do this is it's called spirolactone. Uh, well, for trans women. Um, and spirolactone is simply a testosterone blocker. Uh, it turns off your little guys. And you can stop taking it at any time, and they fire back up. Um, <laughs> I actually take it twice a day. Very common, just a testosterone blocker. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the main point that we're getting at is that any idea that these kids are being affected by some, uh, I don't know what you even call the term. I'm trying to think of what the right wingers refer to it as. Like some. The term they use is feminization. Yes. And okay. Thank you. <laughs> made it negative, and it's literally just a way of, of using gender as an oppressive. 
right when Biden got elected, I had made a post on Instagram and makeup and stuff. And I was like, day three at Biden feminization. Everything's going well. Pray for me. I actually really liked your eyes. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, Blaine actually commented on that, too. She said it was done very well. My makeup artist, I'll have to tell him. Please do. I, just, I think it's ironic, though, like the mental gymnastics that conservatives do. So like, OK, they're afraid of like the feminization of men. And they're typing this from their fucking iPhone, eating a McDonald's fucking happy meal. You know, they got a pack of cigarettes in their pocket. They got a huge diet Coke. They're unhealthy as shit. And it's like, I mean, who do you think you are? Do you think you're Braveheart? Do you think you're like Gladiator? Like, what do you look at in the mirror and picture yourself as? Because you're already weak as shit compared to our ancestors. And definitely, just for the record, to like drive the point home, if you like ran into a fucking socialist, like union fucking worker from the <laughs> 1890s, they would kick the shit out of you. <laughs> like, come I've on, never man. seen a skinny person drinking Diet Coke. Just yeah, basically. Coke. And also, I mean, just for the record, like I keep this up here because it's my favorite picture of my mother and I. But like seeing what's up when you're a kid with gender, <laughs> Dude, it's yeah. totally normal. That's me yeah. and my mom. Yeah. There's nothing weird about it. You're, you should explore things like that. It's 100% healthy. And then what you decide to do with that information is completely up to you later. But, you know, it doesn't make you weak. And it, I'd say, if anything, it's quite the inverse. Yeah. And one thing I would say about those people you're describing, uh, what they're really concerned about is who they're going to eye fuck in public. When they're standing in a McDonald's line, what person do they mentally think is acceptable to sit there and picture cheating on their wife with? And they're so worried that they're going to accidentally imagine fucking someone with the same genitals as them in public. And it's like, that's really where their concerns stem from. Well, I have really bad news for them because they have most likely ogled a trans person. Right. I cannot tell you how many times I've been catcalled recently. And the more (laughs) feminine I appear, the more I'm harassed. So I I can assure you, if they harass people often, they've definitely harassed a trans individual. Yeah, I grew up, you know, like as a scene kid wearing girls jeans and stuff and going to hardcore shows and shit, you know, wearing girls jeans, long ass blonde hair, no facial uh, hair. And I and I always looked way younger than I was. So it was like I straight up did look like a girl for most of my late teens <laughs> and all and all the time. And I was living in Panama City in my late teens. Like imagine me going down the strip and some drunk jocks just being like, oh, show me them titties. And I'm like, all right, all right, dog. <laughs> and I show them them titties. Yeah, their face, it's just like, oh, their world is collapsing. <laughs> is that a ribcage? <laughs> right, they're like, do do I beat his ass? I don't know what to do here. <laughs> Damn, do I beat this motherfucker up for giving me a boner? Damn. Yeah. Motor motor. <laughs> and sadly, the answer is usually yes. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Going back to what you were saying, Jaron, about these guys who were so you know paranoid about this feminization aspect, it's like, then that also leads to this really performative aspect of gender roles. And that's where you get these guys who try so hard to be macho or manly and end up doing shit that is dangerous to them. Either they put themselves in risky situations, they do things that are likely to hurt them physically over the long term, like, and also 
forces them into these confined roles where they don't feel like they can express things that they feel. Like, ask any guy who wears camo all the time how he feels about being able to express his emotions and watch him just fucking squirm. Like, they're not good positions to be in. You know what I mean? The gender roles are, are bad for everyone. One of the best things I've seen recently was a girl on, it was a TikTok, and she said, do you have a fast litmus test with finding whether or not a guy is worth messing with or talking to? And, and she goes, oh, yeah, hand him your purse. If he stands there rigid with the purse four inches away with a look on his face like he's just <laughs> trying to worry about who's going to judge him, not for you. But mm-hmm. he grabs the purse and puts it on, confidence, yeah. and there's no problem. <laughs> That's a keeper. That's what's up. Yeah. That's pretty it's good. Like, it's true. Cause like, if you have all the hangups, like imagine what the relationship's going to be like. They already have all these preconceived notions of what they're allowed to hold in public. What are they going to expect of you? Cosby, did you have something else? No, I was just going to add on if the, the true figures of masculinity that we see in our day to day lives, like the five foot six Ben Shapiro, the, uh, <laughs> 250 pound Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. These real titans of testosterone that we see are just, uh, I mean, these are guys that are holding it, holding it down. And I, I guess if that's what you want to strive to be, do it. Not to fat shame, but you know, I mean, it is funny that Donald Trump has been held up as the defender of masculinity these last four years when. I mean, and this is a common take, but this is the guy who was always ranting about like fucking gossip columns, shitting on people in his like New York real estate circle. It's like, this is the guy really you want to get behind? My favorite term for like the conservative notion of what a man is supposed to be is paleolarping. larping <laughs> 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 um, All right, let me continue on with some of this stuff because that um, this actually leads us into the next kind of talking point that we could debunk. Um, I noticed like if you even just say something vaguely leftist online, whether you reference any kind of gender identity or even concept at all, the more particularly vile people who come out will start making fun of trans people. And there's two ways this comes about. I've seen a lot of bigots fake their concern for trans people by saying it's a mental illness and saying that they want to help trans people by preventing them from doing something that is going to damage them. And they bring up the suicide statistics. And they bring this up either in, like I said, the fake concern trolley kind of way where they're saying they're concerned for these people or they just go full on fascist and start laughing about it and saying, you know, this is what you get because they think these people are less than human. So regardless, it's bullshit either way. And that's kind of what this next section gets into. Um, So transition vastly reduces risk of suicide attempts. And the farther along in transition someone is, the lower that risk gets. The ability to transition along with family and social acceptance are the largest factors reducing suicide risk among trans people. And regret rates among transsurgical patients, who again are all young adults or older, are consistently found to be about 1% and falling. This includes a lot of people who are very happy they transitioned and continue to live as a gender other than the one they were assigned at birth, but regret that medical error or shitty luck led to low-quality surgical results. This is a risk in any reconstructive surgery, and a success rate of about 99% is astonishingly good for any medical treatment. And regret rates have been going down for decades as surgical methods improve. Uh, Persistent regret among post-operative transsexuals has been studied since the early 1960s. Sorry, before I... Jamie, is that term okay? I didn't realize that that said transsexuals in there. Is that a different... Transsexuals, it's just a little dated. Um, It's not necessarily offensive. It was sort of like the original term, Mm -hmm. I guess, is one way to look at it. But now, 
like the overly accepted term is transgender. Okay. Um, just just because again, sex and gender not being the same thing. Um, initially, transsexual sort of the term. All right. Um, so then. Persistent regret among post-operative trans people has been studied since the early 1960s. The most comprehensive meta-review done to date analyzed 74 follow-up studies and eight reviews of outcome studies published between 1961 and 1991. The authors concluded that in this 30-year period, less than 1% of female to males and 1 to 1.5% of male to females experienced persistent regret following sexual reassignment surgery. Studies published since 1991 have reported a decrease in the incidence of regret for both male to females and female to males that is likely due to improved quality of psychological and surgical care for individuals undergoing sex reassignment. And then there are studies that... Back well, the up. one that I want to show, like you have this one in the PACE data. There is this study by Gore in 2011. It was prepared mm-hmm. from the San Francisco Department of Public Health. Um, and then here you have in a cross-sectional study of 141 transgender patients. They found that after medical intervention and treatment, Suicide fell from 19% to 0% in transgender men, but it fell from 24% to 6% in transgender women. Um, now, I'm assuming, but I want to say that's that the ability to pass probably has a lot to do. And if we're going to talk about gender, I want to make sure that we mention that concept. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to get into that now, go for it. Yeah, because just, just for trans people, it's a safety thing. And for society, it's more that reinforcing gender, what we come to know is what's acceptable. If someone is transitioning and they're in mid-transition, they're not halfway. That's not how that works. And a lot of people will try to make folks that don't pass feel as though they're not the gender that they identify. And that's just not true. Like gender, again, is made up. It's thing that we're using to just oppress people. So it's important for us to realize that if someone identifies that gender, whether they pass or not, or whatever you assume about the way they look, they're that gender. It's the gender that they identify as. And so that suicide rate is just it's alarming to me. I mean, when trans men transition, testosterone can lower the voice and grow facial hair and pass. But for some trans women, it's incredibly difficult. There just may be some physiological things that allow them not to pass. And mm-hmm. that is what leads me to believe that that why that's not zero. Um, yeah. And that isn't like a limitation of medical science. That's society just enforcing yes. fascism and not allowing space for these transgender individuals to just exist. But well, that's kind of what sure I wanted to get at with the, that's what I wanted to get at with the suicide topic to begin with. Because whether someone is coming at it from the genuine angle where they really, you know, are uninformed and they think that they're doing a good thing by being concerned for trans people and the idea that they may commit suicide if they are allowed to go through with the therapy that they need, or if they're being cynical and they're faking their concern, or if they're just being outright a shitty person and laughing about it, the effect is all the same. It is not transitioning. It is not gender dysphoria. It is not being a trans person that leads people to suicide, it is society's treatment of them. It's the fact that they do not feel accepted by a society at large that is refusing to just acquiesce to a very simple concept of accepting people as people and valid. Uh, Sorry, would you have Sterling and then we'll go with Cosper. I was just saying, ding, 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 Cosper, where's that soundboard? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, what I was going to say is typically for people who come at it with this commonplace of concern, if you would, of like, I feel for these people is just take a step back and ask yourself, isn't this how we were treating homosexuals like in the 60s and 70s and 80s? You know, typically of like, oh, it's a mental disorder and it should be treated as such. And then try to assess, you know, is this how we want to treat these people today or have we not moved past this? So again, it goes back to that whole regimentation of society. And as a socialist, you will literally actually be concerned with that person. As a fascist, you're concerned with this society and you want to defend society and just the concept of of what society is supposed to be like. And that's yeah, fascist. Very good point. Well, and, and even to build off of that, it's one of those things is tangible and it's real and in front of you. And the other thing is esoteric and uh, not tangible. Yeah, And, I, you know, I think that is something that kind of reinforces what conservatives seem to really latch onto are, are things that are immaterial. And I mean, even... I want to just throw this in. I don't know if we were going to get to it, but since we just mentioned gay rights, um, I have to throw my own, you know, Jewish history take in on this because that seems to be something that I'm good for on here. But I mean, the the original Old Testament thing that they mentioned about about gays was it actually had nothing to do with gay people. The the words were Malachi and uh, Arsenakoita, which are actually Greek terms from when the Jews were hanging out with Greek people. But long story short, it, it actually means not gays, but those two words refer to people who are hedonists and they don't help their society. They're obsessed with sex or food or whatever material goods and they don't help society. They're lazy because they're obsessed with the material. That's what those words mean. It wasn't actually applied to gay people or to sodomy or whatever the hell you want to apply it to until the revised standardized version of the Bible, which was in 1946. So the Bible didn't explicitly (laughs) mention gay people until 1946. I mean, there were a few other iterations floating around Europe because it was revised heavily by all kinds of crazy people. But it just goes to show that like, yeah, your, your neighbor could be gay or trans or, or whatever, you know, subdivision of humanity that's perfectly valid and there in front of you. But you would rather rest your laurels on something immaterial that you, I keep hitting this Point home. You don't even know where it comes from. It, it was a revised version of something from the 40s that came from like a Greek word in the Jewish Torah that meant nothing like what you were talking about. Jared, are you uh, telling me that like this idea that we should all be living a madman kind of lifestyle according to the Bible comes from a revision of the Bible that occurred around that time? I'm blown away. <laughs> yeah, who could have imagined? Go ahead, Cosper. Sorry. I was just going to say. I completely trust Jaron's take of this, but I've also heard people say that the correct translation was in reference to, like, children. Like, thou shall not yeah. do, like, pedophilia as well. Well, that was also, so it is kind of tied into there. There's various translations and part of the hedonism that was referred to as something that you shouldn't do by the Jews was pedophilia. Right. Um, because that was present in Greek culture. So, yeah, no, you're completely on point. Very cool. Um, that covers, I think, actually a lot of the main myths that I wanted to get to. I think we covered the fact that, you know, gender and sex aren't the same thing. Gender exists on a spectrum. It's a made-up concept and a social construct to begin with. And then covers the trans-suicide myths and the concern for children. That covers, I think, the main big ones that I wanted to get to. Did you guys want to talk a little bit about the super straight phenomenon and why that's a bunch of bullshit? Can I just say that them using half of a black flag pisses me off personally? Mm-hmm. 
I haven't seen that. Super straight. <laughs> just real quick, I just, again, I want to underscore another important thing to highlight on an episode just about gender. It's just that gender and sexuality not mutually exclusive. They have no relation to each other. And you can yeah. be any gender identity and be any sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's just they're separate things. Unless you're super straight. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, that's that's spot on. The only thing I would add to that is that you could also reject gender as a construct, which is a complete possibility. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that actually leads me to uh, kind of a question. Did you guys want to touch on at all things like pansexuality or asexuality? Should we touch on that a bit? Sure. I mean, it's, it's in the realm. I mean, they're not gender- um, but it's just like as you start to break down the gender norms and gender rules, the other fascist enforcements of society are going to be put into question as well. So, you know, sexuality obviously being one of them, um, one of the most misinterpreted lines of the Bible, the man shall not lie with the man. And I'm sure we could get some awesome correct translation history on that. But it's just, it's literally just, another way of regimenting society. And that just goes back to the church and the interpretation of the scriptures and, and they implemented them when loosely interpreted. You can quote me on this if you want, but Jesus was basically a communist. He instructed all of his apostles to sell all of their belongings and just do whatever they could to provide for the poor. I mean, he, I know there wasn't like economic system involved there, but sell it all and give it to the poor who don't have anything because they need it. That's caught. <laughs> he lashed bankers. That shit ruled. Yeah, when, when they were collecting donations and they turned the church into what he thought was just like a bank of sin, I think is the terms that he, he literally went in and just like flipped tables. And that's not the Jesus we even really hear from when you're thinking about like the American Easter Jesus the Christmas Jesus, <laughs> just these capitalists. Well, yes and no. And what I mean by that is they parade that version of Jesus to try to insinuate that they follow that. You know, it's like you have these just gross individualistic capitalists going to this church where they can basically have reaffirmation that they're good people for putting a fucking $20 bill into this plate, even though they won't give a homeless man a $20 bill because, oh, well, he might go buy fucking drugs with it. Correct. And, it just, it, and then they talk about Jesus being charitable as they're putting that in there as if what they're doing is the same. Well, they also... It's they, not. They use the religion to justify the nuclear family, and if anybody even does any research of history, nuclear family does not go back very far. So it's just the weird way to just justify their version of what society should be. As we just learned, uh, the translation starting in 1946 for homosexuals to actually be mentioned in the Bible the way that we know it. Imagine what else they interpreted to be they wanted it to be. Kind of a weird year for that translation to be included as well as I'm going to say. But uh, what I would also add is that the only interpretation of Jesus I take to be factual is the last temptation of Christ version of Jesus. That's it. <laughs> no, actually, I mean, God, I would love to do a segment on religion. Just as a side note, like, oh, like not now, so but like, I could definitely cover the Christian stuff. Uh, well, it's, it's easy to get into that because like, and it overlaps. Like, and, and if you, I know, 
But anytime talking to me, I'll find ways to interconnect all of it. For sure. I mean, I mean, I'll bring my brother on. He'll be a good sport until we have to kick him off. I mean, I, was, I mean, <laughs> this may and this may this may get all cut, but I think the only real way to be a Christian is to be an atheist Christian. At least the way that I've studied the Bible and stuff, you know, I've gone through Kierkegaard, gone through Hegel, these people, and I think that the best part about Christianity is that God leaves you, and you're condemned to your own freedom when He dies on the cross. It's just that they, it's literally just missing. And again, it goes to what I talked about at the beginning. It's misinterpreted science. This is misinterpreted history. Fascism is just usually the misinterpretation of glory past. That's basically the definition, actually. Right. And that's, so, that's what's so important <laughs> when you're talking about like the nuclear family is like once we've moved outside of the or we've moved to like an event horizon where we can look at something and proclaim that it's the way something always was. Just use it yeah. to our benefit. That's, There's not even any white people in the Bible. Yeah. And just, the, way that <laughs> not we, one. the way we convey <laughs> just Christianity, especially in America. It's just, you know, it's, it's always Mel Gibson, Willem Dafoe, who have you. <laughs> <laughs> There's not, and that's, I mean, it's a fact. There's not one white person in the Bible. They're all absolutely portrayed that way. All right, so I just also I just want to make sure everybody's good on time. I know I told you, Jamie, that we would probably cut at nine. Do you, are you guys all good if we go for another 20, 30 at the most and just try to wrap this up? Cool. I'm going right, to dip just, out just if sure. that's okay. Yeah. Per usual, my nine o'clock time. I no, I got you, man. That's why I wanted to ask. But I'll catch y'all later. I had a great conversation with y'all. Thank y'all so much. Y'all take care. Bring back your Twitch. Twitch will come back when, when school is quit, just not that much of an asshole. Don't worry. When it saddles. Send me that paper. I'm actually trying. I will send it to all y'all if y'all want it. But I'll see y'all. Y'all take care. Bye. Yeah, this is again. I called him man. Yeah, I I I was was going to say something. But man is like a colloquial. As long as you're not like he. I just got to start using comrade. I'm telling you, that's the one to go with. Yeah, <laughs> and the simple fact that you are catching yourself—I mean, that's how you get better at it. As yeah. long as you were actively like, "Oh, I made that mistake," you keep doing that. And like I said, even when I was talking about my friend, who I'm now a longtime friend of, even as I was describing them, I made a mistake. And it's just like it's—it's it's not the end of the world. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. If I'm completely honest, six months into transitioning, I misgendered myself. <laughs> so you get better and it just it's just I something bet that, that was so confusing in the moment for you <sighs> you have no idea what it's like to trip your own dysphoria and then be frustrated at yourself <sighs> it's a weird feeling um so let's touch on this super straight thing we can try to just squash that real quick if anybody's not familiar there was recently this phenomenon online where people were hashtagging and i think there, there was a subreddit and it was it apparently had been on tiktok for a little while already um which is the only defense that the 4chan nazis have been able to mount saying that this was not some kind of um crypto fascist operation but basically they were their whole thing was that they were trying to create this fake orientation of super straight obviously there's no science or kind of studies to back this up but their whole premise was that if you are super straight, you are straight, but you also do not want to date or you know be with anybody who is trans. And that presents a lot of difficulty right off the bat because 
they're presuming that they are being victimized, first and foremost. They're presuming that there is an entire trans community that is telling them that they are transphobic if they're not willing to date a trans woman or a trans man. You know what I mean? If they're not willing to date someone of their opposite gender who is trans, because they're centering it purely around genitalia and sex at birth. So that's where they're starting from. But again, like in typical fashion where they try to play the victim about some cause that isn't happening, they were trying to equate if you were, let's say, like, let's say you're a guy and you're straight and you, date a tra- you start dating a woman and then she turns out to have a penis, then you have now been raped is their position. And, and then vice versa. <laughs> like, that's literally what they are claiming. And they're trying to, you know, put that's themselves as these so... poor, helpless victims. But yeah, goddamn shit Sorry. this come from is sorry. I just this had to react. Like the past like couple weeks. So oh, yeah, I mean, first, God. I mean, first you got to kind of nail down. Um, so like sexual attraction. Um, first off, that's just sexual attraction is just sex appeal. Like that's an individual's ability to attract the opposite sex. And then I'm gonna pull this little blurb again, idiot, just because it's the easiest one. Um, but it can be influenced by individual genetic physiological, cultural factors, or to other more amorphous qualities. Sexual attraction is also a response to another person that depends on a combination of the possessing the traits and or the criteria of the person who is attracted. Now, that being said, that just means that your attraction is a collection of things to be attracted. So for you to be attracted and find out that that person is trans, and then claim that you're raped, all you're stating is that you're upset that you're trapped. That person yeah. had that collection of traits that were attracted. So for you to be upset or feel in any kind of way, that's, that's not something that's happened to you. That's your response to not meeting the conditions society dictated to me. It's not a sexual orientation. Happy yeah. to debug that one. I don't think it's any more of a sexual orientation as it would be to say that you don't want to date someone who's into astrology, or you don't want to date someone who has any number of characteristics that you find incompatible with you or for being in a relationship. It's not a sexual orientation. It's just that's what the nature of dating and human relationships are, is that you could be with someone until it no longer works for you. And that's how it's voluntarism. That's how relationships work. But go ahead, Sterling. Yeah, I like what both of you just said. And I kind of like to add my opinion on the back of this, which is the face of this whole super straight thing that I'm, you know, a straight person and I will only be with people of the opposite genetic sex, uh, the face of it really is not that big of an issue. Like, to me, even if they wanted to be super straight and they wanted to say, hey, I'm a guy, I'm into girls, I've got no qualms with that. Even if you think that you just don't want to be with a trans woman... There's not an issue with feeling that. There's not an issue with only wanting to be with a genetic female. All the power to you. But the issue with this whole super straight thing to me, and please correct me if I'm going off the rails, but... I wouldn't use the term genetic female. That would be one. Okay, sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And to me, it's like they're trying to face this as they're oppressed versus, you know, how trans people are saying they're oppressed. But when you look at the two different types of oppression, one is saying we're oppressed. We can't be who we want to be within your world. While the other one is saying we're oppressed because you're trying to be who you want to be in our world. 
We want you to not be here. We're totally comfortable. We're good. We can be who we want and be with who we want to be. But we're oppressed because you're trying to exist and you don't fit into what we want in our proximity. And that's the difference with trans. It's it's not about having it within their proximity. It's about just being able to be that person. And even to piggyback further off of that, it's that they're going like trans individuals being who they are is going to expose that they don't actually fit that regimentation that they are supposed to fit. And that by being attracted, they've now outed themselves. And I, that's ultimately what they're really upset about that. They discover that they themselves don't fit the mold that they preach. And that typically results embrace it. Yeah. Typically, unfortunately, results in violence against trans and they just feel angry and uh, and it's really it's not not, you haven't been tricked. It's this is what you're attracted to. And society has taught you that you're not supposed to be. Yeah. Hell, gay panic defense still exists in several states. What's that? I didn't know that was a thing. I've never heard of that. The gay agenda? You've never heard of the gay agenda? No, what's, what's what's gay panic defense? What is that? It's a legal defense. Say I'm a super straight guy, and sorry, I can't not laugh. Yeah, I'm trying to make it humorous. Or you so, are super so, straight. It's so <laughs> it's such a fucking upsetting time. Otherwise, <laughs> right? I looked so good. Um, he did look pretty nah. good. Yeah, no, I'm trying to make it funny because it's such a fucking depressing topic. Um, it's a legal defense that you can use in several states. Say I'm super straight. I go home with a trans woman, find out she's trans. I kill her because of it. I can use this as a defense to get acquitted. I just Googled this. This really exists. Yes. It's not something I made up. No, it still exists in several states. Lots of states still have it. Jesus. I'm also. That's fucking terrifying. I'm also a fugitive in like country or something. (laughs) you know i think that this because this is i I had seen it in passing on the internet but i didn't know about the super straight thing in depth but it just harkens back to this tone deaf conservative bullshit where they perceive being marginalized or persecuted for some reason and all that really does to me is showcase that they don't understand the actual margins of what they're talking about they don't understand what actual oppression is. And that would be something like workplace discrimination. That would be something like going missing in higher percentage numbers than other people. That would be something like this law that Ward just brought up or higher suicide rates because of social perceptions of people uh, like yourself. Whatever the case may be, they're so removed from, from agencies of oppression that they perceive minutia to be oppression instead of actually looking at what these fellow citizens of theirs are saying and being like, oh, you know, maybe we should have a closer look at this. It's just getting triggered over something without even understanding the context of the other side of it at all. Yeah. And then just to cite what I was speaking on, um, there's 47 UN member states, not possibly legal to change gender. Jesus. Which is something I've submitted for, so I would fugitive. Uh, and then there are 13 countries that specifically criminalize transgender, mostly using cross-dressing laws. Any, like, real notable countries? Or if these are all <laughs> random? <laughs> oh, the shitty ones. Saudi Arabia, probably at the top. United Arab yeah, Emirates, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, shit like that. Yeah. So, I mean, the ones that have the actual law, like, 
Brunei, Gambia, Indonesia, Jordan, Kuwait, Ooh. Lebanon, Malaysia, Nigeria, South Sudan, Tonga, and the United Arab Emirates. That was one for two. <laughs> no, I mean, not to generalize, but I mean, just those are the, those are also super capitalist countries. Just to- Yes, very true. <laughs> I would say, you know, regarding the super straight thing, if they really want to, they don't, but if they did genuinely want to be considered <laughs> a sexuality or an identity or a movement or whatever they want, then feel free to go ahead and get some studies under your belt. Get science to study you for a few centuries and determine that you have a real gender identity. And then we can talk about it in gender studies classes. But trans people have been doing this for centuries, literally have been around for as long as humans have been around and are just now finally being accepted you know, into the public parlance. But until you can prove to me that super straight people are as persecuted as trans people and are as valid because, you know, there is actual science to back it up, then I'm sorry, but you're anti-science. You're just anti-facts and you're anti-logic. I don't know what else to tell you if you're super straight. Call me superphobic if you like, but I'm just concerned for you guys. I'm concerned for your well-being. You're superphobic, Mike. I love it. Are the super straights okay? No. No, absolutely not. And I mean, also, if you're going to be super straight and you're going to put that out there, then maybe do a little bit of job of hiding the evidence that was on 4chan. You know, don't let people screenshot it when you purposely say you're trying to co-op leftist rhetoric to push a fascist agenda. Maybe be a little more discreet about that. Like maybe keep it to your closed encrypted spaces if you're going to do that. What you got, Sony? I want to completely disagree with all of that and talk to my super straight brethren to their face. Listen, brother... Uh, we're super straight and you need to go on Twitter and you need to share this message to everyone with your legal name, with your home address, preferably social security number. Go ahead and tell everyone how you feel about trans people and even gay people, maybe minorities while you're at it. Go out there and voice every opinion you personally have and let the world know. And don't even worry about consequences. This is your duty. Email it to your employer directly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, please tag turn leftist pod and we'll, we'll make sure the word gets out there <laughs> i got screenshots from the 4chan and one of them like he ended his thing is like they probably already have screenshots of this up on twitter <laughs> reddit bet <laughs> but i mean even like if you if you just even know anything about just like history and trans individuals we go way back and there's so many like cases of like x-raying remains and they find out it was a transgender individual. Like people just didn't know like point blank. There's famous people. They find not the gender they were born on. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's something that we're starting to kind of come to terms with in our hyper environment that we've been, but uh, for the most part, it's it's just turned into an identity politics. That's the thing that really, upsets me the most is the commodification and the identity politics war. As much progress as we make, we almost just like blow it. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good point. I bet there are a lot more figures in history that w- we just didn't know it that really were trans. Like, for instance, Tons. Anne Rand was actually a toad and not even a human being. <laughs> that, that sounds right. That sounds that's accurate. <laughs> not to associate like, you know, gender and um, uh, yeah, sexuality, but even like, apparently we had a gay president. Before. Like, people have just been laying low. Uh, James Buchanan. 
historians go back and forth on it, but just trans people have been laying low since the beginning of time. And the same goes for people, sexual identities. Just if you don't fit that fascist model society supposed to be, then they use anything and everything they can to misinterpret religion, misinterpret science, misinterpret psychology, just whatever they need to, to just try and enforce their version of society's supposed to. Yeah. Kennedy too, probably. I mean, all those orgies going on in the white house, like my man's experimented. Probably Teddy Roosevelt too. (laughs) (laughs) Teddy's a bear. uh, Yeah. Teddy was definitely a bear. (laughs) A bear. (laughs) So, okay. I, I have a comment and then a question. So the comment is, one of the things that I've thought about, like, just as far as like the liberal vanguard of identity politics. Oh, God. yeah, this is so. So <laughs> I, statement. you know, as take a drink, I'm going to say I'm an anarchist because I am. But, but. you know, the, the thing that, <laughs> that a lot of lefties tend to miss is they go straight for class politics and then they miss the identity component or whatever. And one of the things when you're like full on identity politics and no class consciousness whatsoever, you're looking for token children of like uh, oppressed people. So, you know, they'll say like, oh, well, like Alan Turing, you wouldn't have a computer without him. And he was gay. See, gay people can do things. And, you know, there's like some merit to that. But then on the other hand, it's like, I don't really understand why you need to have these poster children to validate people on an individual basis or put them on some sort of pedestal as though you really just need to like prove that they're worth being on this planet. It seems a little perverse to me in a way. Uh, not that these people shouldn't be celebrated, but it's almost as if you're trying to sell other people on their validity, if that makes any sense. Instead of just celebrating gay, trans people, or any other sort of marginalized identity for what it is in the everyday scenario. Now, the question that I had, um, Jamie, I would love to hear any way that um, we can help the trans community even though we're not necessarily involved with it on a day-to-day basis, like how can cis people help create safe spaces and communities? Um, The number one thing is um, pronouns. Listing your pronouns seems like this weird leftist thing that, you know, only woke kids do that, you know, it's something to be made fun of. No, it's it's really kind of like the smallest gesture you could possibly do. Like if you're going to be a leftist, the bare minimum you could do is list your pronouns and let people know that you care. Literally just a badge that if someone has pronouns that are different, you're going to make an attempt to like, you know, respect them. Um, so, yeah, the very first thing you can do is just list your pronouns on your socials. And anytime you're in a Zoom meeting, throw them in some parentheses right after your name. She, her, he, him, she, they. Try to respect them as best as you can. And always just, oops, ouch. If you mess up, mm. just be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'll get there. And let them know them seeing you not be frustrated is more upsetting than you just showing your frustration and just being a human being. Being like, I am trying. I'm so sorry. This is embarrassing. I'm actually trying. And I don't know why I keep messing this. Appreciate it. You're trying. <laughs> but yeah, um, just to touch back, I, I, I want to read this blurb that I just found just on gender in America that prior to 1800, it, it stated that some Native American nations have longstanding names and roles for gender variant third gender people. And these roles only tend to exist in cultures that have rigid gender roles, which leads me to believe there are many that don't, which is only seen in patriarchal community. Hmm. 
So there again, it goes to show that it's just a tool to force those roles, make one status of people observant. And then the term two-spirit, which is now retroactively used to describe these historical roles, was only created in 19, the indigenous, lesbian, and gay international gathering. So it goes way back, pre-1800s. Yeah. One thing I, because I've had conversations with people before about, uh, you know, I'll have like a conservative tell me that it, what's even really the big deal? You know, who, who cares? I'm just going to do what I'm going to do and they'll get over it. It's not like it really bothers them that much. And I've said this, almost everyone has a name they prefer and a name they don't like to be called, you know, whether it's a, a nickname or a name they have from their childhood. We, we've we all had someone introduce us as a name that we're not comfortable with. And in that moment, something as simple as just a name like imagine how that bothered you. And as someone, I, I go by Sterling, but that's not my legal name. And even my family today refuses to call me by Sterling. And it's it's funny, like when we go and visit family, my girlfriend has to switch into calling me by my legal name just so my family knows who the fuck. <laughs> and she she goes backwards all over the place. And I'm like, babe, don't don't worry about it. Just whatever you call me is cool. Don't think I'm ever offended. I've already accepted that they are just who they are. And that's fine. But when someone introduces me to a new person, even a family member who calls me that, they don't only introduce me by my legal name, they introduce me by a pet nickname that is a variation of my legal name from my childhood. And ah. it it bothers me. And that I will correct. That when they say, oh, this is, and I try to keep my legal name out of the podcast, but when they do that abbreviated version, I'm like, no, well, hold up. You may call me by my legal name, but use the full name, please. And then I'll, I'll give them that. And I'll be like, but if you're interested, I prefer Sterling. Uh, but, you know, it, we've all had a micro, at least, version of that. We may not all have like a name, like I've chosen to rename myself because I have daddy issues. <laughs> But we, we, you know, we've all had, you know, situations where we've been called something we're uncomfortable with. And when it comes to something like gender, it, it's got to be 10, 100 fold, extremely uncomfortable. You should be able to get your head in that. And at first, it's, and I'll be quite honest, like coming to terms with it at first, it's quite disabling. Mm -hmm. And I remember just going like, I don't like this just in my head. Yeah. And I'm just like, what do I, am I that person that's going to say something? And like, yeah. Now I'm the trans woman that people reach out to in city council. But I'm just like, how did I get in this position? But just, I mean, even conservatives, again, misquoting, misinterpreting fascism is just about taking history and making it what you need to suit your interests. Uh, I want to I quote the Bible. Oh, my. <laughs> Galatians 3.28. Galatians 3.28, which was in the New Testament, stated that there is neither Jew nor Greek slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in They just, whatever they want it to be. It doesn't matter if the book literally says yeah. it. It's, they'll change it. That's what they want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That actually is a good place to end it. I feel like I, I may actually just move that to be the last thing that is said on the podcast since that's <laughs> a good place to tie it up. But I did want to make a couple other just quick um, points. I feel like for anybody who's listening to this and Again, I'm going to make sure I put all the links in the show notes for people who want to find more information. But people should really try their best to understand the differences between going back to, um, I think it was Jaren that was talking about, it was Jaren, we were talking about Alan Turing. 
and how these people want to hold up these examples. And I want people to try to understand the difference between tokenization or even worse, fetishization and actual acceptance. And I think that's kind of where we get a lot of resistance from people on the right when they think that the left is obsessed with identity politics and they don't accept it because they see the same things that we see, like Kamala, girl boss, cop, and as the vice president, who is performatively woke, but then obviously not materially woke obviously not helping people, obviously not helping people who are working class. And that hypocrisy shows through. Like, you know, people on the right can absolutely Just see us. that. And that's why, what's that? They, we're the only ones that notice the hypocrisy. They, no, oh yeah, only us. No, I mean, the right definitely does notice that. And that's why it makes our message actually harder because liberals take, like they have the microphone, so to speak, as far as our culture is concerned. The Democratic Party is supposedly the speaking platform for the left in America. But then when they do things that are obviously hypocritical, that does nothing but undermine our entire movement. And, you know, like I said, the, the right sees that hypocrisy and then it pushes them further right because they think that the entire left is hypocritical. They don't know enough to engage with us on the left and who would actually point out that Democrats suck. Like their liberals suck, like they're shitty because they are being hypocritical. They are virtue signaling without actually doing any material benefit to working class and marginalized people. Uh, but go ahead, Jamie. Sorry. No, no, no. And it's just, I, it just really drives the point home. Again, they're just misinterpreting and distorting history however they need to. So I'm sorry. What was the, you were just talking about? ADHD just dropped it out on everything. <laughs> I was just saying that, um, you know, right wingers see the hypocrisy that the, oh, yeah. the, the left wing. I don't think the they see the hypocrisy. I really don't. They, they see something's off and they can see the inconsistency because at nature, humans look for patterns. We're innately trained to just, that's what we do. We look for patterns and they will see up. Oh, that's wrong. Something's off. But they grew up in this regimented society, taught them that that off is actually this other thing. So it's not that they even see it as hypocrisy. Unfortunately, we wish they did, because then we might actually see a little, heaven forbid, class unity. But they see it as this weird, distorted socialism or communism or wokeness or virtue signaling. And they're literally, they're seeing the hypocrisy. We see it as hypocrisy, but they don't see it as hypocrisy. And that's really the biggest problem, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say to that is that you know, that's where we get the narrative that people adopted the last four to six years, um, you know, when the entire media was really curious to go out to the suburbs or the you know rural areas and ask all these people why they would vote for Donald Trump. And you had all these people who were working class people who came up with their victim narrative, saying that they had been left behind by the liberal media and that no one was paying attention to whatever kind of stereotype you want to come up with for some, you know, working class white person. So they know the wrong. Democrats are fucking up. They know it. Yes. yes. But Fox is telling them that Democrats are the super socialist communists that are trying to feminize their kids. And that's the narrative <laughs> that they're pushing. Off. And so they right. see it. Fuck they the see the hypocrisy. Media. They know something's off. They just have all this other noise and, the overall point with that would be that they should just come to the actual left, not the liberal left that is going to you know, run over them the same way that the right is, because the, both sides are only concerned with benefiting the wealthy. Just come to the actual left, the actual working class side. If we could, More people if we could get that message listen to podcasts like this instead of <laughs> CNN. The only other last thing I wanted to say is that people should also, when being careful to understand the difference between 
fetishizing people and actually accepting them. But also, they should not make yeah. the mistake of thinking that just because they've now met a trans person, that they get to ask that person <laughs> every question they've ever had about their identity. You know what I mean? Like, you, God, don't do that. Yes. You, you have I a fucking know. smartphone in your hand, in your pocket. Open it up. Google these things. Do some research, you know, spend five to 10 minutes the way you would if you were going to try and buy something for yourself. And like literally just do the most basic minimal research before you go and bug somebody and ask them some incredibly personal and invasive questions. Like just be a decent person and try to do that first. And then if you feel like you've become friendly enough with this person and you might want to ask them a very personal question that you would ask somebody else, then I don't know. Test the waters out. <laughs> but don't and if it's okay for can yes. I ask you a personal question? <laughs> Basic personal, you know, manners and etiquette um, should come into yeah. play there. Can I ask you a question that I would never even ask my best friend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you were saying something about these conservative people who were like, oh, well, I'm just going to uh, toss it out there and just do what I'm going to do and they'll get over it. Just like try misgendering that person. Try misgendering the guy in the trucker hat who's <laughs> right? who, yeah, you know, try calling point. him she and her and see how he fucking reacts. If you know, he thinks that everybody else is just being a snowflake. You will see that how, person how turn into a snowflake reacts. real quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the grossest way ever. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else we should touch on before we wrap it up? The absolute need to gender things don't even have gender be a fun mm -hmm. thing to mention. Those balls that hang from trucks, for example. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my god! Just literally the need to genderize things don't even have gender. It's just so prevalent. <laughs> Although I will say, I was just on the Caitlin's Conspiracy Corner podcast this past week, and the concept of truck labia came up, and that was one of the funniest parts of the whole episode. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine hanging a clit? Like, I need to do that to my truck. I believe. Oh my god! I, believe I will be looking for this truck. <laughs> truck labia. Could you imagine how offended people would be? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That I is just, such a good idea. <laughs> I'm telling you, go listen to this. We're having a good time. If it's not there, they should put it online because she'll do good. So the next <laughs> item in the turn leftist merch store. <laughs> <laughs> Truck labia. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, if there's God nothing else, it. I guess we'll wrap it up there. We took care of the plugs, so that's all out of the way. Unless anybody else has anything. All right, cool. Thank you so much, Jamie, for joining us. Hope to have you on again some other time. Anytime you want to come on, you are more than welcome. I want to argue with, well, not argue, but I want, I want to do the religion one. That one would be. Oh, hell yeah. 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 Sounds good. I think we're going to have to do a multi part. I was going to say, one, we all want to take a hot <laughs> shit on religion so bad. Yeah. Like, well, it's, yes. it's not even a hot shit because, like, I, I grew up, my mom's side of the family was Mormon and my father's side of the family was Lutheran. And I've just seen so much different religious contracts, like society. Yeah. The way that the different organizations, yeah, that would be a fun topic. Doing this episode made me want to do another one on race you know, as a concept and really outline for people how that was constructed in order to separate people and allow the ruling class to create a false identity with people who were much lower than them economically, but then make those people not feel like those rich people were the enemy because they had someone else to hate. And again, it just goes back to the divide and conquer thing. So, yeah, especially when you look at like American slavery there was a really huge conundrum that they found that slave owners could rape their slaves and yield more slaves cheaper than to buy slaves. And yet if they were raping them, they would appear more and more Caucasian. Yeah. And that therefore left the conundrum. At what point are you, you know, no longer black and 
the legislation around that is insane. And yeah. every, everything you're saying is absolute U.S. history and just the way that we legislated around race, slave trading. Also, it's, it's disgusting. I have to bring this up. We don't even have to put it on the podcast, but it's just so fucking silly. Is everyone being shocked that the royal family is racist as fuck? Wait, but it took it took Harry, who by the way used to bomb the shit out of Afghani civilians and like brag about it and say it was like playing a PlayStation. It took him getting interviewed by a literal billionaire for people to be like, "Oh shit, British royalty doesn't like black people." (laughs) Just like what the fuck? You you thought they were just like super chill? What the fuck? I got an argument with a rad lib online, uh, Sally Hunt. Um, you guys may have seen her Instagram page. She's pretty big on Instagram. And I genuinely like a lot of things that Sally posts. And Sally, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not. Um, I'm, I'm still going to shit on anything stupid you post, but I like a lot of your good stuff. And I reshare a bunch of your stuff. But she posted, you know, talking about what they went through. We need to stand in solidarity with uh, with them. And I'm like, oh, boo fucking who? Tiniest violin. Like, Seriously. I, and I just started shitting on them. I just started shitting on them. And I was like, it'd be one thing if they came out and exposed real shit going on in the royal family and not, oh, they, they treated me kind of bad. You're fucking, you've never experienced real oppression. You're married, you married to a fucking prince. Yeah. And then she she made the comment, oh, well, she can't help who she fell in love with. And I was like, okay, so if she would have fucking met a slave owner's son and had to move in on the plantation, that's just woke and beautiful and we should respect that. I was like, no, he's a fucking monarch. Fuck him. Fuck her. Fuck him all. Yeah. married a little fucking monarch. Yeah, and she was out to drinks with Pierce Morgan before she met him for the first time. Oh, Ew. God. Ew. This, I'm sorry. Influencer thinks we should have solidarity with a monarch. <laughs> Fuck off! Right, right. I hope she does uh, listen to this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right, well, I guess uh, up there. Thank yeah, you, Dan, yeah. everyone. For listening. Thanks, Thank you, Jamie. This was really fun, and we all see you soon. Absolutely, solidarity. Take it easy. Peace, comrades. Later. See y'all next time. Good night.